Monsters are real. Monsters are liars. Mental, metaphysical, fear mongers, crippling creatures of atomic space. Essentially, monsters are everywhere, actively on the lookout for spaces to occupy and incite destruction. Season six of the Can I Get a Redo podcast will explore various types of monsters and how to combat them in an attempt to overcome and keep thriving amongst the monsters that dwell alongside us. We are in control, even though it doesn't seem like it. We hold power over monsters. We have to rise up from parallel states of thinking and push back. Easier said than done. Join me as we make our best attempt to overcome, redo, retry, rethink, reframe. Let's do it. Welcome back to the Can I Get a Redo podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Nicole. Do I sound very docile? That's what I'm going for. Feeling a little docile. I hope you aren't. It's a strange feeling. Anyways, season six, episode three Workplace Monsters. Let's talk about workplace monsters. They're real. I deal with them every day. I hope you don't, but. They're out there, and some of us have very stressful jobs, more stressful than others, and that includes facing and combating workplace monsters on a regular basis. Why are there workplace monsters? Because difficult people fill our world. In almost all workspaces, even if you work privately, run your own company, have very minimal staff, you're going to encounter difficult customers. You're going to have difficult clients. Maybe you have a small crew you work with. Maybe one of those people are difficult to deal with. It can feel like there's no escaping a workplace monster. These are very, very challenging to combat, but it's not impossible to find a way to go about earning a living in the healthiest way that you possibly can. We all can't just run away, quit our jobs. We have real life responsibilities. So we need to have this this discussion about workplace monsters because this affects so many people's health, physical health, mental health, their family life, their marital status. People can say, you leave home at home, you leave work at work, Really? Do we really? 
Maybe some can do that more than others. But even if you're stifling it down, it can plague you on the inside. It can eat at you. It can bother you. It can seep out. If you go home and you've dealt with workplace monsters all day, you shut out your family, you're not offering them your best, you're not happy. You've just dealt with monsters all day. These workplace monsters can very much so turn into our nine to five, eight to five, whatever your shift is, nightmare. Thus, we have to turn this around for ourselves because difficult people are not going away. These Workplace monsters need to be silent so that we can be at peace in our workplace. There are times that we need to resign, we need to move on, we need to shift gears, but we can't always just dash from a job. Not everybody has that luxury in life. Some people are single. And they provide for themselves and they don't have a plethora of savings to to sit on while looking for something else to do. Now, that doesn't mean that things don't get so severe that we do have to just find a way to get out of a job and leave. That does happen. I don't deny that. That can be a possibility if We cannot find a way to thrive amidst workplace monsters and silence them in a way that we can function independent of their chaos and bullying and sick ways. If we can become immune, we can find ways to survive. But I do not discredit that there are times when it is just so toxic and so bad in a workplace that you have to go. And sometimes the culprit is a boss monster. Sometimes it's colleagues. Sometimes it's clients. That is why workplace monsters can be one of the worst types of monsters we face in life. Because it's like a trifecta. It's our customers we do business with. It's the people we work with and the people we work for. There's a book that is called Working with Difficult People. It was originally published in 1990. It has two authors, Amy Hakim and Muriel Solomon. They published a second edition in 2016, so it is updated. It is pretty relevant and current, and even if it was written only in 1990 and never revised, I guarantee it still has some things that would be beneficial. You may not like reading, but maybe things are so bad that you're willing to try anything, including picking up what you would deem as a worthless self-help book It might actually be 
a way for you to get some strategies, whether it be communication, just inner survival. Check the book out. If you're in a really, really bad spot in your workplace and you've tried everything else and you don't have the option of leaving right now, see if you can get a copy of Working with Difficult People. Even if there's only one morsel of encouragement, it might, it might make things a little bit better for you. It might brighten one work week. I don't know. Maybe you could share it and help someone else facing a workplace monster. In this book, there is a quote. Bullies lose their power if you don't cower. I think there is some truth, but not absolute truth to this quote. I would say that this quote follows suit with what society gives as being go-to typical advice for, let's say, school play settings when youth are being bullied and young children and teenagers are taught to turn the other cheek or find ways to laugh at yourself before other people laugh at you so that you are not taken down by the insults and the onslaught of a bully. But not everyone is equipped to stand up to a bully. That's not everyone's way. Some people are just so gentle, so empathetic, that they have trouble putting people in their place. They have trouble establishing, maintaining, enforcing boundaries with other people. And I just think that this quote may be helpful and, and maybe not for some people. But I do like the message of bullies lose their power if you don't cower. I am a sucker for phrases like this for wordplay. So I had to mention it. And maybe it will encourage a listener, a listener of a listener in your current circumstance. If you are being bullied by a boss, by somebody you work with, I do feel strongly that if you can silence this, if you can ignore it, if you can rise above, if you can still persevere, if you can still function healthily and successfully, that a bully will eventually have to cower themselves instead of you cowering. They will back off. They will see that their tactics are ineffective. But this isn't for everyone. If you can, stand up for yourself in the workplace as best you can with keeping your dignity, with keeping your tact, with being ethical and professional. Stand up for yourself. Sometimes people get pushed around simply because they won't say or do anything on their own behalf. So stand up for yourself if you're not as best as you can without risking the security of your job. 
something that a lot of bully bosses operate under in the workspace is this notion that the more they embarrass, whether mild or very severe, these workplace monsters that are typically bosses or in leadership, they think if the more that they embarrass an employee, a subordinate, that the more motivated they will be, that the outcome will be that they will work harder, they will produce better, produce more, bring in sales because of the shaming aspect going on. That's terrible. That's terrible. That doesn't sound like someone anybody would want to work for. But unfortunately, we work for these kind of people. We work with these kind of people. It happens on a daily basis. That is why we have to work toward becoming immune, non-reactive, and committed to doing our best, even if it means that we have to keep to ourselves and fly solo in the workspace, even if it means we aren't the salesperson of the year, we aren't the employee of the month or year, even if we aren't the favorite. Our goal is to make work work for us. I truly recommend that you do whatever you can to stand up for yourself, establish boundaries, and to focus on what you can control. We can't control difficult people. We can't control mean people. We can't wave a wand and and wish our workplace to be healthy, peaceful, positive. We can control how we respond in the work environment. We can control how we contribute, what type of atmosphere, atmospheric influence that we have. We can control whether or not we engage and to what degree we engage with people we work for and with. We don't have to spend time with people outside of work hours if it's not healthy and these are workplace monsters. We can establish that boundary of working when at work and not staying late, not doing dinners, drinks, extra things, holiday get-togethers outside of work. I get it. Some people really want to do well at their job and they want to be liked and they want to participate. If you can do so, without being bullied, with being respected, without being mistreated, then, then so be it. But if you're dealing with workplace monsters, it might be best to limit any extracurricular connectivity to your workplace. That doesn't mean you can't go to work and work hard and do well, do your best, be an honest, hardworking person. This means that work is work 
and you need to leave it that way. And work is not family, and work is not necessarily a source of friends. Another way you can establish boundaries is we already just established we can limit any outside time spent with workplace colleagues, bosses. We can also limit our interactions while we're there. We can keep to ourselves. We can keep to our grind and our hustle, and we can focus on being taskmasters and being polite and minimal communication to the people around us, keeping our conversations focused on work. And maybe you have to eat lunch by yourself. You know, maybe you only have one work buddy because other people are workplace monsters. This doesn't have to be complicated and it doesn't have to be gloom and doom. You have to be protecting yourself as best you can so you can go to work, earn a living, try to have some bit of job satisfaction, maintain your dignity, so you can keep living life, keep providing for yourself, for your family. Keep growing in your professionalism, your career, have job security, not have to go from place to place because of workplace monsters. Because as I said in the beginning of this episode, workplace monsters are almost 100% unavoidable. And I speak from complete and utter first-hand experience. And I haven't mastered how to defeat and silence workplace monsters. I'm thinking through it with you, with my Can I Get a Redo podcast listeners. I've had some success, and I'm trying to offer to you those tips and strategies on how to get through. I think the conversation stays open because there's no perfect one solution to workplace monsters. We are all different. We have different emotional reactions and sensitivities to difficult people and I think it has to be handled in different ways. And that means we have to spend time thinking about what it is about our workplace monsters that upsets us the most and just try to tackle one element at a time in hopes that we don't have to just outright quit and leave and try to find something else. but. Maybe you've been fighting workplace monsters and you've tried, you've exhausted all efforts. And it's time to hit the road, Jack. It's time to go find a healthier place for you. You deserve that. You are valuable and you deserve to not dread 
every day of your working life, every minute of it. You deserve to not be mistreated in the workplace. You deserve to be able to take pride in what you do. And the way you're treated at work, the way you're regarded, whether or not you are valued, appreciated, compensated well. A lot of workers are not being compensated well right now. We've seen prices of services, products, dwellings, all of it go up. And I have yet to see my salary go up. I don't know about you, but I have not heard of many people having salary increases alongside of what's happened in our economy over the past three years. So that's why I'm coming at you with what can we do to silence workplace monsters so that we can handle our business without getting hurt. Because workplace monsters can wreak so much havoc on our health. You might drink too much. You might gain too much weight. You might lay in bed unable to sleep because of your work situation. You, you might not act in ways at work that are vindicative of who you truly want to be at work because of workplace monsters. You may not be being your best self because of workplace monsters. To the best of our ability, we want to try to remedy this and find peace so we can get through and do what we have to do. Because even if it's so bad we have to leave, we have to find a way to get through until we get to that next chapter place in life. If you are feeling really low because of workplace monsters, I want you to know that you are not suffering alone. There are many of us in that same boat and we're going to do whatever we can, whether it's read a measly book about difficult people in the workplace, listening to podcasts such as today. We're going to do what we have to. We are going to be here for each other in hopes that there's light at the end of the tunnel. That our now is not our forever when it comes to workplace challenges. So think about what you can control about yourself. How can you implement steps or changes in behaviors and thoughts and words that will help you not heal or get rid of or control or affect the workplace monsters would allow you your sanity back in the workplace. What can you do to free yourself? 
because workplace monsters might think that they permanently have their grasp over you, but you can untangle yourself. You can loosen their grip. And they may still sit there thinking they have a grasp on you. Because you can control you. Be well, do well, think well, speak well, work well, and bye for now.